Lord, I know I get to do this because what you suffered and bled and died. God, I thank you for that, and I pray, Lord, help us never to forget the price that was paid for our salvation. God, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen there. Uh, but I want you to turn with me just a few moments uh, to the last book in your Bible. I want you to turn to the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, la- the last book, the first chapter... You know, the first book starts out with death, disobedience, disappointment, and destruction. I'm glad the last book, the last book, when it is through, it brings deliverance into life. Say amen. If you will, stand to your feet. We're going to read just a couple verses here in this book. Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Revelation 1 and verse number 1. It says, I, John, this is, the, this is the Apostle John, this is not John the Baptizer, this is, this is the John who laid his head on the breast of the Lord and heard his heart beat. This was the one, the Bible says, whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is one who was in the inner circle, the one that was in the trio, Peter, James, and John. This was the one who was outcast for preaching the gospel. He is marooned here, he is here and he is being punished. He's on the Isle of Patmos. The Bible says, I, John, who also am your brother, and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's a good thing to be in. That's a problem. Most people on the Lord's day couldn't find the Spirit if they had a C&I dog. They just don't know nothing about it. They've never been to a church where they had the Holy Ghost in it. And, and then when they get in one that does, it blows their mind. But the Bible says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, under Ephesus, under Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and the Laodicea. I turn to see. When you hear something like that, you need to see what it's coming from. He said, I turn to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle, His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, When I saw him, he said, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said unto me what he's been saying all through the gospel. Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. 
And behold, I am alive forevermore. Jesus got so excited with his own preaching, he just went and amen himself. He said, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, God, help me today. I feel you already. I do. I feel you, Lord, and I pray that you'll help me. Oh, God, give me your power. Give me your wisdom. Give me, your Lord, the anointing to preach your word. Lord, no matter what we preach, let it be right. God, let it be what you want it to be. Lord, if there's anything I don't need to say, don't let me remember it. Lord, if there's anything I need to say, don't let me forget it. And God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Jesus came different than what people was looking for him to come. All through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, there was a deliverer promised. There was a, a savior that was promised. There was a, a king that was promised. There was a, a deliverer that was promised by God to the nation of Israel. He's going to come. Messiah is going to come. Uh, listen, uh, Emmanuel, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Well, he came. He came. He did not come like they thought he would come. We know that Jesus was humble in his arrival. The Bible said that they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I wonder if there was a high-ranking politician. I wonder if there was somebody who had his pockets full of money. I wonder if there was somebody who had fame and reputation. I wonder if they could have found some room in that inn. But he came and they laid him in a cow trough. They laid him in an animal manger. They laid him in a, listen, was wrapped in swaddling clothes, wrapped in the poorest of the poor. He came at the bottom, not at the top. He was humble in his arrival. The Bible says that, that he came into his own and his own received him not. They, they said they did not even, they didn't even recognize who he was. The Bible says that Jesus said, man, listen, the birds have nests and the foxes have holes, but, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. He had nothing. He was humble in his arrival. He was hated in his activity. Everything he did stirred up strife. And it's amazing to me that everything he did was good. Everything he did was a blessing. All he did was heal broken hearts. All he did was to feed the hungry. All he did was to calm the storms in the lives of people. All he did was raise the dead. All he did was heal the lame and heal the blind. All he did was right. And the more he did it, the more he was hated. He did it, he broke tradition of men. How many of y'all realize God could care less about your tradition? He was hated in his activity. And then he was hung in his agony. They butchered him. He was the lamb. Amazing to me what, how we can take the Old Testament and the New Testament and draw it all together. In the Passover, in the Passover, God, don't let me forget this. In the Passover, we know that the very last, the very last deal was God told him, you take a lamb 
You sacrifice this lamb. You put the blood of this lamb on the, on the doorpost and on the lintel, over the top and on the sides. You put this door, listen, this blood. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over thee. There was a death angel coming. There was a plague coming. Death was coming. But he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over thee. He was the sacrificial lamb. Do you realize what was the last plague before the lamb? Darkness. What happened on the cross when Jesus was hanging and being prepared as the Passover lamb? The Bible said darkness covered the earth. You know what God was telling them? Open your eyes. Open your eyes. You've read it for centuries. You've seen it in past history. You know what I did in Egypt. I'm trying to tell you, this is the Lamb of God. This is the hope of the world. He is the one who will wash your sins away. And he hung there in agony. He hung there in pain. John had seen them eyes that, listen, wept. At the grave of Lazarus, the eyes that wept over the city of Jerusalem. He saw the hands that gently broke the bread and broke the fish and fed 5,000 with one little lad's lunch. He saw the feet that was high-stepping it across the ways on that, listen, on that sea. He saw it all. He would lay his head on the chest of the Lord Jesus Christ to hear his heart beat. Listen, he was there and he saw the intimate relationship with Christ. He was there and he saw the blessings. He was there and saw the forgiveness. He was there when he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? Neither I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He was there when he said, Arise, damsel. He was there when he said, Take up thy bed and walk. I'm telling you, I feel a little God right now. He was there and he saw it all. He was there when Jesus ascended back up into glory. Acts chapter number 1. He was there when Jesus said, uh, Listen, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnessing me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. He was there when Jesus ascended back into glory. And now we're about 60 years later. A little over 60 years later. He's on an island for preaching the gospel. He's on, listen, he's being punished. He's being exiled for preaching the gospel. And he was doing what you're supposed to do on the Lord's day. And that's be in the spirit. He said, I'm seeking somebody to worship me in spirit and in truth. And he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard something like I hadn't ever heard before. He said, I heard it and it sounded like a trumpet. And I turned to see. There's something that's, you know, you turn to see what you heard. He said, I turned to see. I want to preach this morning real quickly on the subject. Oh, look at him now. I had some pictures I was going to show of some of y'all. I, 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 I've, been, I've been going, yeah, mm-hmm. I got some of y'all, and y'all already know I got you. What you was, and what you are now. I'm, I'm taking bids on getting your picture not put up there, all right? How many of y'all seen, how many of y'all seen pictures of folks that you couldn't even recognize them? The before and after. What they was in high school. 
Why does the ugly duckling always end up being the pretty one? Are y'all with me? And they say, man, at the reunion, at the reunion, did you see so-and-so? Mercy. Man, there's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I mean, they fell out the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. I mean, to make a freight train take a dirt road. But look at them now. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You know the sad part in America today and the sad part in churches today? All we see, Brother Meherg, is the sandal-wearing Messiah going down the street. All we see, all we see, and in our perception, how we see it, all we perceive is this person in Hollywood's man-made imagination of what he was like and, and what he did. Well, I'm telling you, he ain't now what he was. Because the Bible said, the Bible said when John saw him, and I mean he was about as close to him as anybody there was on this planet, he said, I, I fell at his feet as dead. Don't tell me he looked the same. What's your perception of him today? What's your perception of him today? Let's look at him now. Let's look at him now. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to see I want you to see number one. The Bible says when he turned in verse number 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. You say, what in the world is that? I don't understand Revelation. Well, if you just keep reading in Revelation, if you find a symbolism, you'll find the definition right later on. The Bible says in verse number 20, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks are this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. I personally believe those angels, those messengers, I believe he's talking about the pastors of those seven churches. I believe, listen, the golden candlesticks represents the seven churches there. What does that mean? Didn't the Bible say we are the light of the world? We're supposed to be on this hill. We're supposed to be on this corner shining the light of the gospel in a dark and crooked world. Now what do we see? Number one, Write this down. Let's look at him now. Number one, let's look at him in his abode. (coughs) Where is he hanging out? Where is he hanging out? I've I've heard songs being written. I've heard preachers who try to sound spiritual and, and, and try to look good and try to make, make, make you think they know more than what you know. And, 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 I, and I've heard them say, oh, well, if Jesus was here, oh, he wouldn't be in the church house. I'm squealing. Help me with that. Something, something squealing. He wouldn't be in the church house. Uh, no, no, he wouldn't be there. He'd be out in the street. Oh, honey, I got news for you. The Bible said, I'm not, I'm not reading nobody's opinion or nobody's theory. I'm reading what the Bible says, and according to the Bible, he's in the midst of the church. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there in the midst will I be. Preacher, why do you like coming to this place? I tell you why. It's not because I'm here and it's not because you're here. That's, that's part of it. But I like coming here because he is here. I like going to the place where his presence is felt. I like going to the place where he shows up on a regular basis. I like being in God's house. 
David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of the Lord. What are you saying? I like the place where God hangs out. There is joy in his presence. There is power in his presence. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. There's nothing like being in the house of God when the God of the house shows up. Now, it don't take a rocket scientist. It don't take a rocket scientist to know that God ain't in all these churches. How you know? I've been there. Well, how you know he wasn't there? I didn't feel him. Well, you're not basing nothing on feelings, I know. My faith is not based on feelings. But I'm glad when I get my faith lined out, I do feel something. I've had, where's Brother Chad? Is he in the house? Brother Chad, the other Brother Chad. The, uh, uh, your Chad, in the back, all right. Uh, Brother Chad, at little Aaron's graduation service, when those folks came down, and they wondered why in the world y'all drive slam from molten. Now, now when you slam something, that's, that's meaning something. Are y'all with me? I mean, they drive slam from molten all the way down here. Could not understand it, was arguing about it all the way down here, and they pulled in the parking lot, walked in the building, sat down at a, a funeral graduation service, and they said, Ooh. They didn't say, Do you see this? They didn't say, Did you hear that? You know what they said? I'm not making this up. This was their own testimony. They told me with their own mouth. Miss Angie, do you know what they said? Do you? You don't feel that everywhere. How you know? Hey, go try them out. You walk into some places, you better have a parka on. You better, listen, you better have a real good coat because there's penguins in the pulpit and polar bears in the pews. It's a cold I promise you, it's a cold. You say amen, they'll think who you are. Don't be doing that in here. We don't do that around here. Now, if Jesus can say amen, I can say amen. I just read where he said it. How many of y'all glad you go to a place where you can feel it? Feel it. We see his abode, A. There's a presence to feel. But then B. There's a power to find. You, who you say? You got no problems, Lord? Yeah, we got problems. We always have problems. Brother Donnie, I can't remember a week we've gone in this church and not had a problem. That's like going to the hospital. Any sick people around here? Y'all know where I can find sick folk? They'll look at you like you've lost your mind because you have. We sat in the hospital most all day on, on Thursday and then Friday afternoon. Oh, I cannot tell. I got to tell this, Brother Mickle. I, I, I was coming to, 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 to work Friday, but we was going to work on the parking lot, so that's in mud. So I put my overalls and my mud boots on. Well, then I realized that the, the surgery is going to be earlier than I thought it was, so I was going to have to go to surgery. 
Well, then I realized I've got Easter coming. I got to study for Easter because we was at the hospital all day Thursday and then Friday and then we had other situations. We had the team thing Friday night and here we go. Man, got all this stuff going on. So I had a plan. Had my overalls on, my boots on, work on the yard. Had to go to the hospital, had to study. So I took my briefcase and my Bible in my briefcase, walked right on in that waiting room with my overalls, my bud boots, and my briefcase. They looked at me like, oh, no, 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 don't come sit over by me. Brother Mickle got up and went in the other room. I don't know what that meant. Now, you know you something when you got an executive hillbilly preacher. Say amen. I walked right in there, plopped down right in the middle of them, said, hi, y'all. But Brother Mickle, the doctor went in there, and we was worried to death, what? doctor said they're going to have to cut on the outside, could have nerve damage, could have scarring. It's so bad, going to have to put a huge plate on this side. It can go on the inside there, but the outside here, and and, and, and it's going to be three hours long. This is going to be a long, drawn-out deal. This is going to be a bad deal. I tell you what, and we prayed. And we prayed. Hour and 20 minutes later. How long was the procedure supposed to be? An hour and 20 minutes later. Bring! Everything was wonderful. Everything went fine. Didn't have to cut on the outside. There's not going to be scarring from that. Everything is wonderful. You know what I did? The hillbilly preacher got up and we prayed for the whole room. Let's just thank God for what he did. Yeah. Hallelujah. How do you have that much confidence? Because where he is, there's power. I mean, he just ruined funeral trips. He'd be walking down the road, and they'd be having a funeral. He'd just break up everything. I mean, the funeral director see Jesus come and say, go the other way, go the other way, come on. Why? Because death can't hang around the resurrection. There is power in the house when Jesus is in the house. Listen, you see his abode. Why you like going? To, I just like being around here. I hang around here when, when y'all ain't even here. I, I just like being here. We had work day yesterday. Had a great time. Man, got the parking lot done and everything. Man, I... And God's here. God's here. When you look at him now, we see his abode. But then number two, write this down quickly. We see his appearance. He ain't the same. He's not the same that you read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. He's not the same. Listen, there's a difference that we find. The Bible says, I looked at him. I looked at him, and his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now tell me, that don't look different. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in a stream. There's, there's two things about his appearance I want you to see. I want you to see, A, I want you to see the agenda it reveals. The agenda it reveals. Obviously, uh, Brother Mickle in all the waiting room could tell I was dressed for the occasion. You dress for what you're going to do. 
Well, I had planned to be shoveling rock and mud and dirt, but I had some other things on mind. We had to do other things because it could all come up, and there was just so many things at one thing. And by the way, I took the mud boots off, put tennis shoes on, played basketball with the teens Friday night. Say amen right there. It's multi-purpose britches. Say amen. But you dress for what you're doing. Are y'all with me? The Bible says I turned and I saw it. And the outfit he had on was different than the outfit I saw him with before. Because, see, he did not come for any other reason but to serve and to sacrifice himself. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. I came to minister, not to be ministered to. I came for this cause, came I into this world to die on an old rugged cross. That's why he came. But that's not the way he's dressed now. The way he's appearing now represents the agenda that he has. And that is not as sacrifice. That is not the sacrificial lamb that we see. Now we see a sovereign Lord who is coming to judge this planet. It's, a, it's an outfit of royalty. It's an outfit of priest and judge. He's coming to judge. And the Bible says that judgment must first start at the house of God. So the first thing he does is in Revelation 2 and 3, he begins to judge the church in each one of those seven churches and tell them what in the world they have wrong and what in the world they need to do right. I'm here to tell you, he is the judge. The Bible said the Father hath given all judgment unto the Son. I know, I know you think he don't care. I know you think he don't see. I know you think he's just a holy lump. Listen, the lowly Messiah uh, that was that came in the manger. But I'm here to tell you, if you look at him now, he is a ruling sovereign. He is the judge of the universe that will judge you either for your sins or in your sins. Eyes of fire. Eyes of fire. These were the same eyes that cried for Lazarus. It was the same eyes that looked tenderly upon the woman caught in the midst of adultery. It was the same eyes that looked across Jerusalem and said, How often would I gather thee under my wings? But now they're an eye of fire. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.13, Fire speaks of judgment. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Preacher, what are you saying? You can hide it from me. You can hide it from your spouse. You can hide it from your mama. You can hide it from your daddy. But you can't hide it from him. Nobody saw what you done. Nobody saw where you went. Nobody, listen, nobody was there when you did it. But there was an all-seeing eye. And that eye is an eye of fire. That eye is an eye of judgment. Preacher, what are you saying? Oh, you need to get a good glimpse of him now. Now you need to get a right perspective of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and make it right with him so you're on the right side of him when you do see him. Listen, his agenda is revealed by the eyes of fires, revealed by the feet of brass. The brass always represented judgment, the the, the, the brazen serpent that, that listen, that, that, that sin was being judged in the Old Testament. John 5, 22, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. We not only see the agenda it reveals, but we see the authority it reflects. He walked around meek and lowly. Spent sometimes he had to 
he had to hide to keep from being killed. They tried to destroy him. He walked meek and lowly. He walked humbly with no place to lay his head. But that's not the way he is now. The Bible says, the Bible says, his head and his hair were white like wool. That represents the Ancient of Days. As white as snow and his eyes was a flame of fire, his feet like in the fine brasses they burned in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters, which represents power and authority. We see the authority it reflects in his communication. The Bible says, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. We know this is in reference to the Word of God, the authority of God's Word, and that's what we're learning in Sunday school. What a blessing. But then we see in his countenance, the Bible says in Revelation 1.16, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. This is what he really was when he got here. But he was covered in flesh. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelled among us. In John chapter 1 it says, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. You know when that happened? On the Mount of Transfiguration. When what he was on the inside began to be seen on the outside. But now, in his glorified form, he's totally transfigured. The glory that's there. You know why? Just a thought, and I'm almost done. I, I'm, 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 I mean, we're, we're parking. The Bible says the queen of Sheba went to see Solomon in the temple. She had heard everything about it. She had heard everything about him, and she just had to know for herself nosy woman she said I just heard it and I, 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 I just had to come see she said when I saw his wisdom when I saw the building when I saw all that was there she said but it was when I went into the temple and basically she said it took my breath away I had nothing left in me. There was no question. Why? She had been in temples before. She had been in, in, in places of worship before, of false gods and false places, probably in grander scale. She had been in other places before. But she had never been in one with a cloud in it. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Shekinah glory of God. I'm talking about the ever-present Hallelujah. I'm talking about that part of God that could be seen, the glory, the Shekinah glory that radiated like the sun shining in its strength. She went in there and felt the presence of God. She said, it blew me away. You know what's wonderful about this place? The presence and the glory of God. Last of all, quickly. Y'all stay with me. Help, help me now. Help me now right here. Help me. We see not only his, what was, the, what was number one? We see his abode. His abode. Number two, then we see his. Number three, this is what you really got to get because this is what God just, just drove home with me. The Bible said, I turned to see him. And when, when, I, when I turned to see what it was that I heard, he said, I fell at his feet. As dead. I want to I read a verse real quickly. Please stay with me. This is, this is the deal. Isaiah 6 verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And His train filled the temple. 
Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Now watch this. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The Bible says in Ezekiel 1.28, As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. Daniel saw the Lord. Daniel saw a vision of the Lord. And the Bible says when Daniel saw it, he said, all the strength left me. I had no ability to stand. I fell down before him. Preacher, what's the third one? Listen, we saw his abode. We saw his appearance. But you need to see his effect. His effect. What effect does he have? I promise you we have lost this in the house of God today. There's way too many people doing their own thing in the house of God today. We have lost the shock and awe of His presence. The awe of His presence. The awe of His glory being blown away by who He is. He's the God of all glory. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He's the eternal sovereign who spoke this world into existence. He has the very air that you breathe in the palm of His hand. And we have lost the awe and the reverence for his presence we come in any old way we come in doing any old thing listen chewing gum like we're at Walmart or something we are in the house of God the creator the sovereign God of glory anytime they saw him anytime they was in his presence they were blown away the awe they experienced where is the respect in the house of God today? Where is the reverence in the house of God today? We've turned it into a clubhouse. We've turned it into a community center. Listen, we want to take the name off the, off the sign. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's God's house. This house shall be called a house of prayer. This is the Father's house, and we need to treat it likewise. Give Him praise and glory in the house. Oh... Has the perception that you have of Him changed you? Has the vision that you have seen, that you have in your heart, in your mind, does the perception that you have of Him right now, today, this Easter morning, is it a perception that changes who you are? Does it make you want to do right? Does it make you want to live right? Does it make you want to do what God's Word? Well, I'm here to tell you, if it does not, you've got the wrong perception. You need to get a good old-fashioned Bible, open it up to the book of Revelation, and find out who He really is. When you see him, you're going to say, I tell you what, I look pretty good next to so-and-so. You may, but you ain't going to be sitting next to so-and-so. Well, I tell you what, compared to so-and-so, I ain't going to church with all them hypocrites. Well, I tell you what, I'd rather go to church with some hypocrites than hell with all of them. Hypocrites go to the gas station. You didn't walk here. Hypocrites go to McDonald's. I know y'all ain't missed that neither. 
just get real and quit making excuses. But see, excuses ain't going to fly when you're standing. The Bible says in the, in the book of Revelation, I saw a great white throne judgment. The Bible says the earth and the heavens fled away at his sight. One day we're going to stand. We're either going to stand with him or before him. I don't know about y'all, but I'd just soon stand with him. Because if I had to stand before him, I'd not be able to stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I ask you today, have you seen him lately? I ask you today and I ask